Welcome to Sliding Doors Your Story, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career, and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? Sliding Doors, your story delves into your extraordinary moments and decisions that built the path of your life. Through your applications, we have curated a mini-series with amazing people taking us through their amazing Sliding Doors moments. We will reflect on how a decision or moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. My guest today is Mark. Mark runs a production event company and lives in West London. And in this episode, he chats about his sliding doors decision of how he turned down his Hollywood dream. And it's a story of following your gut to lead you to the right path. So welcome to Sliding Doors, your story, Mark. Thank you very much for joining me today to chat all about your sliding doors moment. Happy to be here. Um, I'm really excited to delve into everything. So do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you live? Sure. So uh, I run a production and event company um, and I live uh, I'm based in West London. Um, I'm uh, married, father of two great kids and one amazing cat. And um, <laughs> yeah, just generally have, uh, you know, get to do work that I really enjoy with a, a fantastic group of people and for clients who are, who are really challenging and um, give us amazing properties to kind of work with. That's so great. And what does kind of uh, your day to day look like in your role? I think it's very different. I have two roles. So I'm, I head up the creative of our business. Mm -hmm. Um, so that can be anything from, um, coming up with new ideas for campaigns or designing, 
uh, incredible uh, experiential moments or uh, stage shows, or it can be practically directing and producing and being on site and, and, and running events. And then I also run the business. So I have the entrepreneurial kind of side, which is looking after the team of 30 that we have here, um, both here and in the US, uh, and then looking after clients and you know the P&L and all the kind of everything mm-hmm. that allows us to do the creative work that we do. Brilliant. It sounds like such an amazing job of lots of different things, but like something that just like keeps you driven all the time. Yeah, there's always something to get out of bed for. It's always uh, exciting. Um, and, you know, we, we have a great, great team. And, and actually the collaboration and being part of the team uh, is is really the driver for me. It's it's really exciting to to get to see a group of people come up with an idea and then help them achieve it, um, both within our business, but also with our clients. Uh, and that's uh, really positive for everyone involved. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what made you want to share your sliding doors moment with our listeners today? I think just the we do a lot of work uh, empowering positive change, particularly with young people. And I think that sliding doors as a concept is really interesting to, to look at. And when I talk to um, uh, people that we are helping and mentoring and, and uh, teaching, um, I'm always telling them to say yes, always telling them to to take advantage of of the opportunity as it comes mm-hmm. because I think that there's too many reasons to say no, and especially when you're young, especially when you have um, less commitments in life, um, you should say yes to as much as possible and get as many experiences as you possibly can because later on you may not have as many options. I know you sometimes just really wish that you could go back to your younger self with all the wisdom that you have now and be like, come on, this is what you need to do at this time in your life. And have you seen the film Sliding Doors? I have, yes. Yes. And did you like it instantly when you first saw it? Um, yes. I mean, it's one of those films that's been around in my consciousness for a long yeah. time. So I don't actually remember the first time I saw it. But from a storytelling point of view, I mm-hmm. really like the dual the, the dual stories and the interaction and the different characters. So creatively, I thought it was a, a great piece of storytelling. Um, and then the concept and, and the podcast is, is great. Yeah. And I think that's it for a lot of people. We've not seen the film for such long. I mean, I have obviously, but people haven't seen it, but it's, it's something that stayed in our culture, um, in our everyday kind of phrasing the term sliding doors and it came from the film. So what do you believe in then when it comes to the sliding doors theory? So the theory of timing, coincidence, fate, everything happening for a reason, what are your personal beliefs? So I do think that everything happens for a reason, but I think is contextual. I think that, you know, you make your own luck in life. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is recognizing when there are opportunities in front of you and moments that you can walk through a certain door or, or do a certain activity. I famously um, always carried my passport with me when I was much more junior. And in fact, really? it's in my bag now because I got off a plane yesterday. But I always had my passport with me, even though there was no need because I worked in television production for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you never knew when something was going to happen where someone said, oh, I need such and such done in this country or I need this to go there. And uh, I had friends and colleagues who, you know, their passports were kept at their parents' house a long way out of London. And that wasn't very practical. And I always had mine with me. And, and in fact, I got to do some amazing things in that time. I once, um, I was thinking about this this morning before I spoke to you. I remember vividly once sitting in a production office and a producer saying, oh, we need someone to go and film this um, this video insert uh, in Verbier uh, on skis. Um, it's a three-minute film that needs to be done next week. And I had skied maybe when I was nine or 10, and I was probably <laughs> yeah. 19 by this point, and, and not anything in between. Um, but I put my hand up immediately and said, yep, yeah, I'll do that. I'll take it. got my passport ready to go. And four or five days, days later, there I was skiing backwards, filming an interview uh, in Verbier, having an amazing you know, two, three day experience, which I wouldn't have got if I hadn't have said yes. And yeah. I think there are a number of moments like that. So I think that 
you know, there are opportunities out there. You are presented with them and being prepared to recognize that this is something I should do and try and you have no idea where that may go or what might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a strong believer in everything does happen for a reason, but you also make your own luck by, yeah. by hard work and identifying those, those situations. It's definitely a mixture of the two. And I absolutely love that you carry your passport with you. I, I think it's, it's a real kind of way to show, you know, you never know what's going to come towards you, but you've got to be prepared and ready for it. And I think that's kind of very much um, a really good way to look at the sign doors theory. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. So on to your sliding doors moment, which is really interesting because you're talking about saying yes, but this moment's very much about saying no to something. So um, your moment is when I gave up the opportunity to produce the hit TV show Lost in Hollywood. This is my sliding door decision of how not to get a career in Hollywood. So as I said, this is one of the moments that I really like because not every moment has to be about something that you said yes to. Sometimes it could be about the things that you didn't say yes to. So um do you want to take us back to that time in your life, how you were given the opportunity, what made you say no, and why this was such a sliding doors moment for you? Uh, I think it's a, a combination of sliding doors moments that probably led up to this point. Yeah. So I think the context is that I had always uh, wanted to direct a movie in Hollywood. That was always the plan, or certainly from any meaningful age, that was always the plan. And despite not knowing anyone in Hollywood or anyone who'd been to Hollywood, um, had been um, getting involved and doing as much as I could and, and, and working in production and in television and with this kind of eventual 
goal, which I didn't think was that realistic. Like I probably didn't in reality think I'd ever get there. Yeah. Um, but subconsciously and, you know, was was working towards it. And we got to a situation where um, part of my job was supporting um, uh, one of my clients, which was the Walt Disney Company in Europe, um, uh, making promotional materials for them. And um, we became, and the team that I worked with became a very integral part of that business. And um, one of the TV shows that they distributed was Lost, which was, mm-hmm. for viewers who are old enough or, uh, to remember, listeners who are old enough to remember, was at the time the biggest television show oh, on massive. the planet. massive. Yeah. The first television show with a pilot cost over a million dollars to produce. Uh, it was the first television show that had characters that didn't speak English as a primary language and used subtitles. It was very creative in the way it used flashbacks. And it was a cultural phenomena at the mm-hmm. time. And um, this, so this was one of Disney's big shows that he distributed internationally. Uh, and I had done a lot of work for the Disney company. And it, but the show was shot in Hawaii, about as far away yeah. from West London <laughs> as you could possibly get um, to, to do it. And, and the entire series, seven series, were all shot in Hawaii. And I was at dinner at uh, home one night having dinner with friends and my phone rang and it was my client from Disney in London. And he said, um, this is the name and the phone number of the producer of Lost. You need to call her now. Um, so I went, sure, why not? Because yeah. again, that was a moment you just say <laughs> yes and, and you figure it out. And I expected the phone call to be, oh, we need a prop sourced or we need a shot of London or we need something for the show yeah. that's you know ancillary and small. But actually, um, and it's quite timely because, uh, as you may be aware, there's a, a SAG-AFRA strike at the moment with mm-hmm. um, writers and actors. And this was in 2008 where there was also a writer's strike or there had just been a yeah. writer's strike. And because of that writer's strike, um, there had been a delay to production of the series. And one of the actors from the series, Alan Dale, who was in Neighbours way back when, some mm-hmm. people may remember, um, he was out of contract. So actually, he was now performing in the West End doing Spamalot. And he was doing eight shows a week of Spamalot with only some days off. And there was they couldn't finish the season finale without a couple of scenes from Alan. And they couldn't find a way with his schedule in London of getting him from London to Hawaii to shoot the scenes and back again. So the phone call I took, or I made, was to producer Jean, uh, who was in Hawaii. Um, and she said, I'm told you're the guy. I need 10 pages of the season four finale filmed in London in about two weeks time. Can you make it work? And I said, sure, no problem. I'll take care of it. <laughs> Hung up the phone and was like, I have not the first clue how to get this done. Um, but again, like in the spirit of saying yes and recognizing yeah. opportunities, recognized this was an opportunity. And again, I was surrounded by a team, not only the staff team that I work with, but a lot of freelancers who are incredibly brilliant at what they do. So within an hour and three or four phone calls, I assembled the core team to, to get this done. And Two weeks later, we're getting ready to do this shoot um, and they're sending us the exec producer and, and a director of photography and some of the actors, but everybody else is local. Yeah. But being the producer was also supposed to come and she was supposed to produce the, the, the shoot. I was just sending it up for her. And she called me about three days before the shoot and, and we'd spoken every day on the phone, but this was before Zoom. We'd never seen each other. We'd mm-hmm. never had a conversation that wasn't on the phone. Um, and uh, her words were something along the lines of, um, I'm really busy here. You sound like you know what you're doing. Don't fuck it up. That was basically <laughs> oh the instruction I was given. Um, so the team came to London. We literally, Heathrow Airport met them, looked after them for three days, did the shoot, couldn't tell anyone. We had a code name for the the um, for the for shoot because if we told people, there would have been a lot of fans and yeah, stuff around. Exactly. So like um, sent the rushes back to Hawaii and then forgot about it and was like, job done. Thanks very much. And what was your role when that was filmed? So... Uh, it, in television production, there is a role called a first assistant director. 
which I had been a first AD or a first assistant director for a long time anyway. I was a freelancer. So um, I was the first AD and I line produced the shoot. So I was responsible okay. for, for the crew and, and everything that went with it, all the production, the rushes, et cetera. Um, so we sent that off and that was like fantastic. Hey, we got away with it. It's great. Can't wait to see it on television. And this would have been, I'm going to say, March or uh, maybe April or May. Yeah. And about a month later, it was June, I was in Los Angeles. My wife was working at the time in LA um, for the, for a couple of weeks. So I was there and I was basically killing time uh, until we went on vacation. And um, Jean, the producer who I'd never spoken to, we emailed. She was back in LA where she lived for the summer because they won hiatus for the summer. Yeah. And so she invited me to lunch. And um, I went along to lunch. And the the long and short of it was that um, the person who was one of their assistant directors and one of the associate producers um, on Lost um, had a bare now directing opportunity in Hollywood. So they were leaving the show to go and be a director in their own right because it's quite a well-worn path um, yeah. to get there. And that the exec producer team who'd come, uh, exec producer and the team who'd come over had, had really liked the way that we worked and, and liked how we delivered. Uh, uh, the producer had a lot of faith in me because uh, she had basically left it to us to get yeah. it done. And we put it in on time and on budget and, and creatively uh, had, had done really well. So she asked me at lunch, would I move to Hawaii and um, take a job as first assistant director and associate producer of Lost for the last two years of the show? Because they knew there was two years left uh, to wow. go. And this was the culmination of um, everything that I'd been working for. This would have put me on the, the next path to doing what I ultimately wanted to do because I would have earned um, uh, a DGA card, a Director's Guild of America card by working mm -hmm. on production, which is a prerequisite to then directing a, um, a, a union film in the US. So this was the next step on, on that journey uh, and, and was a great opportunity. It was everything that we, we'd kind of built up to. Uh, and after going on holiday with my wife and spending 10 days together, we turned it down and we said no. And we stayed in London, which was uh, not the decision that I thought I'd make given that opportunity. Wow. What a story. And I love how you said we then, and we'll go into that rather than you. Um, but it's a brilliant moment because if we really take it back, I think it first of all starts with, you know, the fact that this this woman who you worked with at Disney called you starts the whole thing off because she could have called somebody else. You know, she obviously knew that you could do it. But then the small little things of the fact that, you know, she didn't come over um, the director you're working with and just left you to do it, kind of showed your ability and just a lot of pressure. And you really, really showed throughout this moment your willingness to say yes, throw yourself into the deep end, um, but also kind of like following your gut a lot. And I really want to kind of unpick a lot when you had to make this decision. So as you say, we all have these dreams when we're younger of things that we want to do. And I think often the, you know, the dream of it's very different to the reality, whether you get to do it or not. Um, and, you know, it's also a moment of timing. So when she offered you the position, explain kind of the process that you went through in terms of like, was it gut? Did you, did you know it wasn't right? Did you change your mind a lot of times? I mean, also moving to Hawaii is like the dream on top as well. So how did you decide the answer was no? So my gut reaction to everything is to say yes. Like that's mm -hmm. my, like if, uh, and in fact, we do a lot of pitching at work and actually I get a physical pain if we don't get the opportunity to do something that I pitch for because I really want to do it. Like I really want to have the opportunity and the experience of, of doing these things. So my gut reaction was to say yes, but but clearly um, uh, uh, my wife and I had got married the year before 
Um, and we had just bought our first property in London, which is no mean feat. And, and for yeah. us, it was particularly difficult because of the market at the time. Um, and Hawaii is a very long way away. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that that particularly puts me off, but we have other family commitments in terms of parents. Uh, and um, also, I think that there was a number of factors about us as a couple, which made it difficult. Hawaii is not an easy place to work uh, for my wife's job. If it had been Los Angeles, I think it would have been a very different conversation. I actually think if it had been based in Los Angeles, we pr- would have said yes. Yeah. I think that, that going to Hawaii would have meant that actually we would probably be physically separate and that she would work in LA and I'd work in uh, Hawaii, um, which is, you know, a five, six hour plane ride apart. Still which is, far. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think just in the grand scheme of things, the timing of my life meant that it was the right decision to say no and to stay. Um, I, I don't regret decisions in, in life, particularly. I think that that's not helpful. Um, I think that um, looking back on it, I take it as a massive compliment from, um, you know, I because I never thought I'd actually get the chance to go to Hollywood and do it. I didn't go to university and study film or production. I went and did business studies and marketing because that was the sensible choice at the time um, because I thought I was much more likely to have a career in marketing than I was in in film production. So having never been to film school or do any of those things, to then be offered the opportunity uh, on one of the biggest shows in the world, you know, with that, uh, I took that as a massive compliment to myself and, and more broadly the team around me who deliver this because no one person makes a production. It's, it's a, a, a huge cast of characters that are involved uh, and talents um, to do it. So I think that, um, you know, for those reasons, the, the timing wasn't right. And um, that's why we came to the decision to, to stay in London. Is there a moment that you ever have regretted it? I don't think regret is the right word. I think what it did is spark off a chain of events, which actually have got me to uh, a much better place today than I probably was then. At the point that this happened, I was a freelancer. I didn't have a full-time job. Um, particularly, I, I bounced from project to project and, and build my time by days. Um, I had had some uh, success in London, but nowhere near probably what I could have done because in the back of my head, I was treading water. I was waiting for the phone call. I was waiting to go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I was waiting to do, do these things. And actually, what happened is, and it all felt quite obscure because we were in Los Angeles when we got the offer. We then went on holiday for 10 days to, to Mexico, came back to Los Angeles to reject the offer. And then only after that came back to London. So it was about a month that we were away out of, out of the country. So getting back, it felt a bit like a dream that had kind yeah. of happened. It was so non like connected to my daily life. But what it did is make me focus a lot more and decide, okay, well, if that isn't the thing that I'm going to do, if I'm not going to go and, and have this career that I thought I would, I need to take my my life and role much more seriously will come up with a new direction uh, in London. And actually that then sparked off a series of things which led me to uh, the opportunity that got me to, to the agency I'm at today and, and now lead the company that I'm, uh, I'm at today. Um, so I think that it, it definitely helped and shaped a large part of my life by saying no more than by saying yes. I think I said yes, it would have been a whole different experience. Yeah. But by saying no, I didn't just carry on as I was. Actually, it, it spurred me in a different direction. Yeah, and it listen, it just took you on a different path to where you were obviously meant to be. And did you feel like, you kind of said there, did you feel like this kind of was your only chance? So when you did say no, was that then when the dream was just a bit put to the side when you thought, I'm not going to get, did you think like, I'm not going to get this offered to me twice. This isn't kind of the dream anymore. I think in the, you know, in the same way that I believe that you can, you know, make your own luck and you can spot your own opportunities. This was an opportunity that was in front of me. 
did it preclude me ever doing it again? Probably not. But if I was going to do it, I needed to, even then, if I was going to have to do more proactive work in getting to that that goal. Um, you know, in 2008, I would have just turned 30 when this happened. Um, and I think that actually, as a 30 year old wanting to direct uh, a movie in Hollywood, saying no to this, the, the alternative to get there was a much more of a challenge effectively yeah. but also because i've been such a, a yes person traditionally i'm so used to just saying yes let's do it let's do it let's do it the saying no was quite empowering in a, in a different way in, in terms of okay well if i'm not going to do that let me look around and figure out what it is i am going to do and i am going to love and i am going to be passionate about and be successful in which is is the path that I've now taken. Yeah, that's so good. And usually I ask people, what if something hadn't have happened? But I have to flip this for you and say, what if? So what if you had said yes to the opportunity? How different do you think life would be for you now? Do you ever think about it? What What if? I don't think about it too much because that's not something I can change or is in my power to control or, or do. Um, I think that um, in the short term, it would have been amazing. I think that even if I had got my director's card and I got an opportunity to direct, even then the percentage of people who go on to make the types of movies that you want to make uh, is is minuscule. Um, so I've never really spent any time dwelling on it because it's not something I can change, control, do anything about. Uh, and also it's, it's wasted effort. I think that mm -hmm. I'd much rather, in the what if question, I'd much more focus on... Um, what if I do this tomorrow? What if I do that tomorrow? Yeah. I'd much rather focus on the future. And I'm a huge believer in daydreaming. Like I've daydreamed every successful thing that's ever happened in my life. Um, and I think that actually that's where that what if question is better suited. I think wasting it on something, a decision that was made at the time is, you know, that happened. That's part of the texture of who I am is part of what makes me the person I am today. And I'd much rather focus my effort on and concentration on, what if I do this tomorrow? Or I do that tomorrow. Yeah, that's a brilliant outlook. And thank you so much, Mark, for sharing your moment. I think it's a really inspirational moment for people because this is, you know, it is about following your gut. It's about knowing when things don't feel right. And it's also showing that, you know, this is one of the biggest things that lots of people would be like, what on earth did you do? But you felt like it wasn't right and you did it and things worked out. So um, it's a great sliding doors decision. And I'm really glad that you did it because it's taking you to where you are today. Um, and thank you for sharing all your bits of wisdom with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Mark. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.